Corporate Unplugged opens the door to a world of people transforming business. They share their dreams, their experiences, and what they would never give up. I'm so glad to have Whitney Johnson here with me from Virginia. Welcome to my podcast, Whitney. I'm really happy to meet you here in Milan, where you are speaking, uh, being a keynote speaker at Wobi uh, Conference Milan. Thank you for having me. And your voice is really important here, so I'm happy to, to see that you're here. Uh, just as a short intro, uh, Whitney Johnson is an expert on disruptive innovation and personal disruption. She is recognized as one of the world's most influential management thinkers and is best known for her work on driving corporate innovation through personal disruption. And she's also the author of the book Disrupt Yourself and also the book Build an A-Team. So you've developed your own framework and uh, diagnostics to dig deep into uh, the important question about how executives can both actually create but also destroy value. Mm -hmm. So what would you uh, say are the main kind of insights you want to give? Yeah, so there are two main insights. The first insight that I had was when I was working um, at the Disruptive Innovation Fund, which I co-founded with Clayton Christensen at Harvard Business School, was that this theory of disruptive innovation, this idea that a silly little thing that can take over the world, like the automobile did to the horse and buggy, like the light bulb did to the gas lamp, and more recently, Netflix to Blockbuster, this silly little thing that can take over the world, that this idea actually applied to people. Disruption wasn't just about products. It was about people. And that when we're willing to become a silly little thing, we can maybe not take over the world, but we can certainly take over our world. And so from there, I codified a framework of personal disruption, which has seven accelerants for how do you successfully disrupt yourself? Because we know from the theory of disruption that when you pursue a disruptive course, your odds of success are six times higher and your revenue opportunity 20 times greater. So that's the framework that I created this idea of disruption isn't just about products, it's also about people. And, and whenever people hear the word disrupt, they probably connect to some kind of feeling of fear and anxiety, right? Mm -hmm. Even if it's a kind of a sexy, cool world mm -hmm. word, it is also uh, giving anxiety. So is there any other word for disrupt, do you think, today that is really... Yeah. It's interesting. I guess maybe I've used it so long, I don't. it yeah. doesn't evoke those feelings of anxiety. But I think one way to think about it would be to reinvent yourself. Another way that I have a term that I've coined or a phrase that I've coined is you learn, you leap and repeat. You learn, leap and repeat. Mm -hmm. And so that's one way that you can think about personal disruption mm -hmm. is that you start at the bottom of the ladder, you climb to the top, and then you jump to the bottom of a new ladder. And... Uh why did you write your, your book, The A-Team? Why did I write it? Oh, yeah. yes. Um, and who is it for? So I wrote the book Build an A-Team because I had written Disrupt Yourself, this idea of personal disruption. And I found that a lot of people were saying, okay, this is great if I want to change jobs. Like, I'm a career changer. The Boston Globe described it as, the what color is your parachute for career changers? And I was like, wait a second. Yes, you can use it for that. But mm -hmm. it's also for companies. It's for organizations because the only way that your organization can be innovative. The only way that your organization can be disruptive is if the people inside of your organization know how to reinvent, know how to disrupt themselves. And so build an A-team I wrote because I wanted to have a mechanism or a vehicle for corporations to say, okay, if we as an organization are going to be innovative, if we're not going to get trounced by our competitors, we have to know how to reinvent. And if our people know how to reinvent, then we as an organization will know how to do it as well. 
What do you think is really the relationship between uh, high performance, uh, engagement mm. and learning? I mean, it's a big question, but... Mm. Well, one of the things that we are seeing is that the thing that motivates people beyond money, even beyond praise, is the opportunity to learn. And so one of the reasons I think so many people are disengaged at work is they're not getting the opportunity to learn. They don't have this ability to grow and develop. And so when you give people the ability to grow, you give them the opportunity to disrupt themselves, to say, okay, you're on this S-curve of learning. When you get to the top of that S-curve of learning, we're going to let you jump to a new S-curve. Then they're always going to stay engaged because they're always learning. And so the challenge is as an organization is how do we give people those learning opportunities? I have a lot of people say to me, well, tell my boss that. I'm like, well, you know what? No. Why don't we just start with you? Why don't we start with how you might make it possible for the people who work for you to acknowledge where's this person on their S-curve, where are they on their learning curve, and how can you, as a manager or a boss, help them build momentum along that S-curve? And when it's time for them to jump to a new one because they're at the mm -hmm. top, what will you do, help them do to help them do that? If you start with you, it starts to bubble up over time into a high-growth organization. Mm -hmm. But it's important, as you say also before during the speech, that it's not about looking at it as a career. This is just an ongoing, infinite kind of learning curve for all people involved. And everybody's going to be more happy, you could say, and everybody's going to be part of a win-win formula if, yes. we, if we dare to... Uh, do this leap uh, every four or five or whatever it is, years. Well, well, it's interesting that you just said happy because one of the things that we saw is that whenever you're learning, you get dopamine and that's the chemical in your brain that makes you happy. And so that's why we need to and want to learn leap and repeat over again is because we want the dopamine. And mm -hmm. when you do that, you get it, which makes you happy. <laughs> is there a long-term formula or solution for any business out there? to recognize that every single person on the planet is on an S-curve of learning, including mm -hmm. you, and that um, every organization is a collection of those S-curves of learning. And when you make it possible for people to learn, leap, and repeat to get to the top of that S-curve and then jump to the bottom of a new S-curve, it's not going to solve all of your problems, but it will certainly make a very big dent in your ability to stay competitive. How much is it about staying competitive, actually? I was thinking about, for example, Simon Sinek talking about the infinite mindset and looking at competition in general as more of a, let's say, a rivalry, something, mm. somebody you can learn from, get inspired from. That's a great insight. And what's fascinating, and I, I now need to eat some of my own cooking, is that one of the very first accelerants of being able to move up an S-curve is the ability to take the right kinds of risks. Mm. And... Um, there are two kinds of risks I talk about. There's the competitive risk, which I just talked about, and then there's the ability to take on market risk. And market risk is where you don't know if there's an opportunity, but if there is, there's no competition, which goes and dovetails this idea of an infinite mindset. One of my favorite quotes, and obviously I don't yet adhere to it all the time, but it's this notion of amateurs compete and professionals create. So how can mm. we continually be creating? Whether as an individual, whether as a team, whether as a company, um, there are just so many interesting ways to, or a lens to, through which to view the world when we think about that in, in that respect. What is the kind of the main transformational point in your life that have influenced you the most? So I think the one that transformed me the most was when my career first started. When um, I had just graduated from college, I had majored in music, uh, I arrived in New York, we needed to put food on the table, and I had to get a job. I didn't want to do music. We needed to, you know, 
that wasn't really going to pay the bills. And I started working on Wall Street as a secretary and started to have this experience of, okay, so I'm working and I'm going to be working for a long time because my husband's graduate degree will take five years, but it turns out it took seven years. And why am I going to make X when 10X is a possibility? And so I started taking courses at night and was able to move from being a secretary to an actual investment banker. And for people who worked in Wall Street, like that just does not happen. That divide is so wide. And so for me, that was kind of a disruptive moment in two ways. Number one is I kind of walked through the side door because if I tried to walk in the front door, they never would have hired me. But it was more more transformational for me, I think, because I started to change my perception of myself of what I could achieve and what I could do. And once I had that foothold in, I said, well, I did this this time. That means I can do it again and over and again. And so that's really made all the difference in my career. Mm-hmm. And um, if you would dream a little bit and think that all doors are open to you now and you have all kinds of resources available to you, mm. what is it that you would immediately rush to innovate or change? I would work with as many CEOs, as many leaders of organizations as have possibly any interest at all and help them understand this S-curve. Because what I have found is that when people understand it, it becomes a tool that they can use in order for them, they themselves to continue to grow, but also to retain their talent and to motivate their talent and to have people who are engaged in their work, but then also as an organization, their ability to innovate because the people themselves are engaged. And when you're engaged, you start to think about how could we do things differently? So if I could do anything, I would say, okay, tomorrow I'm going to talk to 10 influencers, people who could really do something in their organization and implement this. That's what I would do. Is there any particular company or brand that you find very intriguing and that you look up to or that would be on your wish list to work with google mm-hmm. i would choose google that's one that comes to mind immediately um there are a lot of companies and and that's probably an obvious choice so probably not so great but there are a number of companies that um i think are also interesting a company that is it's a company called traeger grills they're in in salt lake city utah and they in the United States and they make these grills that are highly innovative and they're growing incredibly quickly and the CEO used to be at Skull Candy to do the headphones for snowboarders. I think that would be a kind of company that would be very, very interesting. Mm-hmm. And in general, working with companies that are owned by private equity where there's this mandate to grow and to be able to go in and help them do that. We're doing quite a bit of that and that's very interesting and exciting because not only are the people in the companies internally motivated to grow. They've also got external um, forces and stakeholders that want them to grow. So there's an extra incentive from both internally and externally to, to change and develop. I agree. A lot of private equities are also changing their, their formula to be much more multidimensional mm-hmm. and also work very much on, on purpose and value-driven work uh, mm-hmm. as private equities. So uh, there are several of them, really. One, one is Summa Equity in Stockholm that uh, I think you should know of, which is fantastic. Uh, they're doing a great job, and also in term of, terms of inspiring others to copy-paste their formula. Mm, we'll have to check them out. So what do you think is the most, most important thing for companies to focus on right now, regardless of sector? Uh, to recognize that 
every single individual in your company has a lot more power to do things differently and to be more effective than any of us ever realized. That like we as human beings were made to act and not be acted upon. And I think if we actually believed that and we acted that way, we would all behave very, very, very differently. And it would be an incredible, there'd be this incredible uplift and surge in what's getting done and, mm. and the good that could get done in the world. Mm. And my last question uh, for you is uh, a big one. <laughs> What do you think Those are big. Yeah. You've been asking me big questions. <laughs> Here's a bigger one. What do you think the world needs most at this time? Besides love. Okay. I'm going to just say what came into my head. I think the world needs more prayer. Hmm. I think the world needs more people that believe in a higher power, that believe that there is someone in charge, that there's someone in control, mm. that there is a plan. And um, I think we need more of that. And and if we had more of that, people would be feeling much more safe and more secure and more able to do some of these other big things that I talked about of, of doing good in the world, because we would believe mm. that that it's all going to be okay in the end. Mm. <laughs> Fantastic. And in one way, you can say that actions are prayers. If you act, something happens, something manifests. Mm, that's beautiful. So great. How was it to be on the podcast, even if it's short? Oh, it was great. Thank you so much, Whitney. Thanks for sharing everything. And to find out more, where can people head? Um, the easiest thing to do is actually I have a podcast as well. So you can just go to my website, WhitneyJohnson.com and download some of my recent podcast episodes. Mm -hmm. Great. And um, you'll find also links in show notes on corporateunplugged.com. Uh, so remember to subscribe to the podcast on iTunes, Spotify, and Acast, and share this episode with people you know would benefit from hearing Whitney. Please rate, review this podcast if you enjoyed it, and thanks so much for listening. And until next time, live with purpose, and remember to unplug. Ciao!